We are in 1 Timothy tonight. First Timothy, chapter 1, verse 4. Neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies which minister questions, rather than godly edifying, uh, which is in faith, uh, so do. Now the end of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart and of a good conscience and of faith unfeigned, from which some, having swerved, have turned aside unto vain jangling, desiring to be teachers of the law, understanding neither what they say uh, nor whereof they affirm. But we know that the law is good if a man use it lawfully, knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man, but for the lawless and disobedient, for the ungodly and for sinners, for unholy and profane, for murderers of fathers and murderers of mothers, for manslayers, for whoremongers, for them that defile themselves with mankind, for men-stealers, for liars, for perjured persons, and if there be any other thing that is contrary uh, to sound doctrine according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God which was committed uh, to my trust. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word tonight, and, and I do thank you that we have Christ as our rock to stand upon, and who has died for us, risen again, and uh, purchased, Lord, our salvation. It's, it's wonderful to be a Christian and to know you, Lord, in this life, to commune with you and have you to walk with us, uh, guide us. We thank you, Father. We thank you for this meeting tonight. And we do pray that your spirit would speak to us and help us, dear God. I pray you'd fill me with your spirit and help me to minister the word to your church. Fill my dear wife with your spirit, uh, relaying the message uh, uh, to, the, to the deaf tonight and the study there, dear God. And, and Father, uh, I thank you for each one here. I thank you for those that are with us online. And God, uh, you've been good to us today. Uh, you always are. And I thank you for that. And and uh, once again, just uh, somehow by your grace and by your power, uh, draw us closer to you. Help us individually and as a church, God, to be faithful in our walk with you and to, uh, to serve you while we wait for, for Christ to return. And uh, Father, certainly our nation as all uh, need, need, needs the church within uh, to be a light. Uh, uh, and Father, to shine it uh, brightly to the that people might be saved and the Christians as well would draw closer to you. Uh, Lord, help us tonight. Might you be pleased with our worship. Might be worship in spirit and in truth tonight. Father, we pray and ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> All right. I will... Try to remember to have the outlines for you next week. I think I told you I'd have them for you this week. I forgot again, so, but you're getting used to that. So, <laughs> so uh, we'll, uh, we'll work on that. Let's see where we're at here. All right. We already did point number one. We did the unorthodox last week and, and the mythical uh, last week. I think we did. Now we're going there today. Uh, but uh, looking at some errors and some types of errors and uh, we talked last week some about the uh, 
unorthodox, uh, unorthodoxy, uh, just teaching that goes, frankly, against the established word of God. And that needs to be battled, it needs to be, uh, needs to be dealt with. There was the entry in of, of, the, of the mythical and uh, wives' fables and such, such like that, uh, uh, entering in some morning to teach that. Uh, Timothy would have to uh, have to address uh, address that uh, that uh, as well. Of course, Ephesus being a big bustling city, they got all kinds of thoughts and ideas, and uh, people wanting to get involved in it. And remember, uh, the New Testament church is just starting out, so basically everybody that gets saved pretty much is a babe in Christ. Okay, uh, uh, there's some Old Testament knowledge which would help uh, uh, once you learn of Christ and you see how the things. Uh, work together there that's going to increase your faith in what God has promised but obviously the practical teaching that they need is being coming through them orally through the preachers and uh, the, a lot of the Old Testament's uh, or the New Testament's not written yet so they're getting it <laughs> as they're going and so some are being appointed uh, pastors and teachers and, and uh, Timothy is a young man remember Paul said to let no man despise thy youth uh, so uh, there could be some competition uh, in, in the fleshly realm of people wanting the, you know, the position to teach and, and get glory and being maybe a little jealous that a younger man is you know, being the preacher over the church and all those things. We can imagine, uh, just thinking of our, our culture today, you know, uh, how, what that would be like if, uh, you know, with, with pride getting in there and people wanting recognition here and there. And, and by the way, human nature was no different, more different back then. Uh, so we can just imagine... Uh, the problems that Timothy uh, would be facing and that he would be he would be challenged with and we pick it up in uh, point C here uh, genealogical uh, uh, challenges and uh, endless uh, genealogies in Paul's day of course the Jews had long uh, uh, been had uh, long uh, left the, the word of God and they had been long looking to extra biblical literature uh, to define their faith and their practice in life. Uh, in Matthew chapter 15 and verse 5, uh, remember they had this practice, they, they called it Corbin, where they would uh, uh, allow uh, someone who was supposed to be taking care of a, a widow in the family or such, or a parent, uh, not to worry about that, but if you give the money to the scribes and Pharisees, well, that's a gift you know, for the work of God, and you don't need to take care of them, and Jesus addressed that. You say, whosoever shall say to his father or his mother, it's a gift by whatsoever thou mightest be profited by me, and honor not his father or his mother, he shall be free. Thus ye have made the commandment of God of none effect by your traditions. And so they were doing that, and not only in that, but many other things. Jesus went on to say in that chapter, in verse 9 in Matthew 15, But in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. And they've been doing that, by the way, for a long time. Uh, we think about that. I think of the Jewish uh, uh, literature that arose uh, in the inter intertestamental period there, uh, uh, after, you know, after the close of the, of the Old Testament canon. The Talmud uh, uh, consisted of the, of, the, of, the, of the Mishnah, which was a recorded record of the Jewish oral tradition of the Torah, uh, we had the Gemara, which consisted of commentaries on the Mishnah from the Jewish rabbis. 
So, uh, so in both of those, uh, you have, uh, in, in the Talmud, which they use, you have neither one actual scripture. Uh, one is, you know, they're written of the, of the oral, trans, oral transmission. And then, uh, of course, the, 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 the Gemara being the, uh, well, we might say commentaries on what they felt that meant. And so there, that's a lot of what they're studying in the, in, in the Talmud. And, uh, uh, and, uh, teachings and opinions of many Jewish rabbis regarding the Torah, uh, which, of course, the five, first five books of the law, and many laws and practices of Jewish life. But pretty much feeding on the commentaries about the word uh, is, is what they were doing, uh, and, exp- and adding to those and traditions and such, and that's what, what really what they had become. Uh, and uh, we think about that. Uh, there was the book of Jubilees was a retelling uh, of, of the Genesis account and part of the Exodus account where they came out of uh, Exodus and, and that was finished about 100 BC that book that uh, apocryphal book it, it, it adds such things as the observance of the Sabbath by archangels and angelic circumcision uh, it chronologically divides the ages uh, in creation and such according in, se- in sevens according to Jubilee periods based on the number seven because uh, Jubilee was every 49th year. And all these kind of things they're writing and adding, they're looking at the, this for, spirit, for their spiritual life, you know, and directing their life uh, by these things. The Haggadah, or Agadah, or however it's pronounced, uh, was something that in, uh, Jews in Paul's day, they would, they would take names from the Old Testament genealogies and they would build stories around them, uh, embellishing them with details. And the Haggadah, it was uh, what it was. It was it was an order of service for families to celebrate the Passover, and so uh, they would have an order of service uh, there. How they would you know do do the Passover? It would included ceremonial washing of hands. Jesus addressed that one. Uh, remember in the Gospels, uh, drinking of four cups of wine during the Passover. Uh, they would have things like that. And, uh, and they would keep adding to it until they incorporate this in their practice of the Passover and such. And, and that has continued on uh, through uh, to e- even today, uh, this, uh, this uh, Haggadah giving a, giving a order of service for the Passover. I thought it found it amusing. I looked at some of the one, what, 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 what has developed from that. Uh, as Jews today so, uh, you want to celebrate the Passover, they can get all kinds of this, these Haggadahs, these order of service for the Passover. Uh, and uh, they can get a uh, user-friendly traditional uh, Haggadah, which, which, uh, which, you know, which, which some would choose. They can get a social justice Haggadah, which would come, which would associate it to you know to those things. Uh, Maxwell House Coffee even put out a Maxwell House uh, Haggadah that they can use to uh, to celebrate uh, the Passover. There's a there's a poetic uh, Haggadah if you like if you like poetry. Uh, there is a kid-friendly if uh, uh, Haggadah if you just want a short pass. So you know we have got too much to do. Uh, we need to cut this thing down. So they have a kid-friendly. Uh, uh, Haggadah for uh, uh, for Passover. They have a pop culture Haggadah inspired by TV shows that they can use for for Passover. Uh, and uh, and by the way, I like this one. They have a create your own. <laughs> and, uh, oh my goodness, where does it end? You open those doors, I tell you, we see where where it goes. There's just no end to it. 
That's why God told us to stick to the book, amen, and uh, stick, to the, stick to the scriptures, and uh, we need to do that. Obviously, that practice left the door wide open uh, for, uh, for adding uh, to the scriptures. Uh, and they would what? They would promote questions and confusion and, and give honor to men puffed up by their vain imaginations. Many of these commentaries and such, these extra, story, extra biblical stories on personages in the, in the gene- genealogies. Uh, Colossians 2.18, uh, let no man beguile you of your reward in a voluntary humility and worshiping of angels, uh, intruding into those things which he hath not seen. Uh, no revelation there. Uh, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. We dealt quite a bit uh, that with a Gnostic issue uh, in, in, the, in, in the, going through the book of Colossians. And so they're dealing with that. Oh, it sounds so, so lofty. It's, it's so knowledgeable. You didn't know about those angels, you know, that are intermediaries in between God. Yeah, Jesus is one of them. No, he's not. Uh, uh, and he made all angels. And, uh, uh, and so they would have things like that. Uh, endless genealogies, things that uh, minister questions rather than godly edifying. So he would have to deal with that going on. Uh, another, another characteristic, pointless. Uh, pointless, uh, verse 6. Uh, he says, from which some having swerved have turned aside unto vain jangling. Uh, vain jangling. Uh, literally vain talking. Empty talk. And uh, just on uh, and on. They, they swerved uh, from the truth. Uh, uh, and uh, they had they'd strain, uh, uh, strayed from, uh, from the truth. They've turned aside. They've turned out of the way. Uh, they're shunning the truth. They're avoiding the truth. Uh, and, uh, uh, and, and, and teaching these other things uh, where there's just no end to them. There's just no edification in them. Lots of information, not much edification. And, uh, uh, and there's, there was a lot of that certainly going on today. Question 10 in your book asks, how much impact would you expect in a class whose students leave each class session more impressed with the teacher than with Christ? Anybody? Not much. Not, yeah. Bible teaching is to lift up Jesus, amen. Uh, he's, he's the center uh, focus of the Bible. It's, he's the one who the Bible is all about. And, uh, and so the, the New Testament looks back to him. The Old Testament looks forward to him. Uh, we worship him. Uh, you believe in God? Jesus said, believe also in me. Uh, and uh, in the same way you believe in God, the same honor, the same worship, the same reverence. And that's what we do. Uh, these days. That's how we worship. That's how we worship him. I've used this illustration before. I'll have to credit it to Anonymous because that's what, that's what the na- author's name always shows, says Anonymous. But uh, an Indian attending a service one Sunday a.m., the, the, uh, the sermon, though it was loud and booming at times, it was without any real spiritual food. He was asked, uh, uh, he, was, he, was, he was a good Christian, and he, and he was not impressed. He was asked how he liked the sermon. He said, High wind, big thunder, no rain. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and boy, you see that. I mean, you see some of these places where they, where they have a drought in the desert. And, and boy, they're just, they're just hoping for rain. A storm comes along, you know, and boy, it's windy and it's thundering and, and lightning. But sometimes what? Not a drop of rain. And uh, some, those are more dangerous than just not having a storm. The lightning hits something and catches on fire. And, uh, 
and uh, likely uh, a parallel to that kind of preaching. It can cause more trouble, you know, and danger uh, uh, than helping than helping anybody. Uh, pointless, pointless preaching, legalistic, legalistic preaching, desiring to be teachers of the law, understanding neither what they say nor whereof they affirm. Uh, you know, I was thinking about that. Can you imagine uh, the young church? You have leaders being uh, put into place, and, and of necessity, they've had not a whole lot of time to mature. Of course, Timothy uh, had some good time with the Apostle Paul on that second missionary journey and such. He had uh, a lot of maturing with the Apostle Paul, but, but you can imagine the temptations to pride. Uh, and, uh, and here they are. Uh, they, don't, they have maybe a few uh, written letters and such, but, but now they find out that they've got this, these Old Testament scriptures that are somehow related because Jesus, you know, came from the Jews. And, and so uh, can you imagine a fleshly person getting, uh, getting that in his mind and someone's not bored? Well, I'm going to use this and I'm just going to preach, you know, flowery thing. I'll associate it to Jesus somehow. And, and, uh, and, but, but this is the scripture. And, everybody, and, the, and the Jews, you know, in the church, they know that. And so they're, they're going to push that. They're going to be for that. It'd be a great temptation to just grab a hold of the Old Testament and begin taking things out of context, uh, and, you know, and just kind of preaching what people want to uh, hear and, and trying to apply that along with some of the things of the Apostle Paul that they knew he was saying and preaching. You can imagine, you know, if, if what would be in, in our culture if that was the case. Well, you know, it's, uh, human nature's the same, and uh, they would have run, uh, could have run in a long, a long direction in that. Throughout the church age, there have been and continue to be those who misuse the law and all the scripture. They try to put Christians under bondage to the law. They assert that certain parts of the law must be heeded to, to be saved or to be, or to be spiritually mature. Uh, the apostle Paul, or, or Peter wrote about that which he observed what some are doing with the apostle Paul's writings even. Uh, he, those false teachers and such, he says... Uh, about the apostle uh, uh, Paul teaching uh, some deep things in his uh, in his writings and such, and he says uh, he says in all his epistles, speaking in them of things in which are some things hard to be understood. Second Peter three sixteen, which they which are unlearned and unstable, they're not that grounded, uh, they're young, uh, rest. They twist it as they do also the other scriptures. Uh, unto their own destruction. They were likely doing that to whatever Old Testament scriptures they were using, maybe whatever other letters that they had, and such, twisting the scripture, and uh, uh, desiring to be teachers of the law. Uh, verse 8, But we know that the law is good uh, if a man use it lawfully. Uh, uh, just, uh, you know, applying things, making uh, laws that, uh, that, uh, that Christians have to obey to be saved. Of course, we know uh, there are denominations that do that. Uh, um, Catholicism, of course, uh, uh, is, is, is a leader in that. And uh, 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 they have their seven sacraments, uh, baptism, Eucharist, penance, confirmation, anointing of the sick, holy orders, and matrimony. These are all uh, a progressive salvation. long as you're faithful in those things, uh, and, and of course, which ultimately you only find in the Holy Catholic Church, uh, then you can, you know, get into into heaven, I guess. Uh, but uh, I wanted just to, to to look at that that false doctrine a little bit. I went to, uh, of course, you can uh, read all kinds of things about that. But I wanted to make sure that I, I went to a Catholic website 
So this, these things are from a Catholic website. They're putting forth what they say. This is from, uh, from the, um, um, uh, where was it? <clears throat> the, the, the Holy Spirit Catholic Community. And they reference the, uh, uh, the uh, uh, catechisms and such and what books, books they're from. But, but all the sacraments. They said the sacraments give two kinds of grace. One, sanctifying grace. They define that. The grace which confers on our souls a sharing in the life of God himself. So whatever those are, they're associated with what? Being born again, uh, with getting saved. You don't have the life of God himself without the sacrament, without the, that, 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 the, the sanctifying grace of that particular sacrament. The other ones are sacramental grace, special grace that helps us carry out the specific purpose of the sacrament. So they say it's not all the sacraments deal necessarily with salvation. It's some of it's the growth afterwards. And the special grace that you give then, of course, like marriage, just, just strength for that sacrament. That will give you strength in marriage as you, know, as you go through that, that marriage in the Catholic Church and such. Ah, and they put the sacraments under classification. One of them says sacraments of the dead. Sacraments of the dead. Listen, baptism and penance are called sacraments of the dead. Because their chief purpose is to give supernatural life of sanctifying grace, that's what they associate with salvation, to souls spiritually dead through sin. So baptism and penance give eternal life. And uh, that's, out of, that, that's out of the Catholic doctrine. Uh, that's a false doctrine. Uh, and, uh, and we understand that. Uh, we realize that. Uh, uh, Romans 3.28 we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law you can't get justified by the good deeds that, law, that, that the law that God laid down in the law you certainly can't get justified by the deeds that some denomination lays down and uh, has nothing to do with our justification I was considering the Seventh Day Adventists I went to one of their sites and looked at uh, it's adventist.org and looked at some of what they said about, about the Sabbath. And, they, uh, and the Seventh-day Adventists said this about the Sabbath. Uh, in this age of materialism, the Sabbath points men to the, to the spiritual and to the personal. Uh, the consequences for forgetting the Sabbath to keep it, uh, to, to, to keep it holy are serious. It will lead to the distortion and eventual destruction of a person's relationship with God. That's from the Sabbath, web, the, the, the Seventh-day Adventist website. Uh, your relationship with God will be destroyed if you don't ultimately come to worship on the Sabbath, uh, which is Saturday, according to them. Uh, 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 they go on to say about the Sabbath on their website, uh, the Sabbath will be a special test in the end time. Uh, it will, uh, they say, uh, it will, uh, the believer will have to make a choice either to give allegiance to God's word or to human authority. And here's the scripture they give, Revelation 14, 7. Uh, 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 they, the, the voice from heaven says, Fear God and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment is come, and worship him that hath made heaven and earth and the sea and the fountains of waters. Then verse 12 of, of Revelation 14 says, Here is the patience of the saints, here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Well, I would agree with all that. 
I didn't hear anything about keeping the Sabbath in there. How about you? And uh, wasn't in there. Matter of fact, I was reading that they associate the keeping of the Sabbath, the tribulation period, with the mark of the beast. It'll come down to the fact that you ultimately Christians will be driven. You'll either you'll either keep the Sabbath or not, and that'll be associated with the mark of the beast. Those who you know keep it, obviously they're, they're the true ones, and those who don't, well, that's that realizes that just you know reveals who they were. So, uh, what does the Bible say about that? Very plainly, Colossians two sixteen: Let no man judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of an holy day or of the new moon or of the Sabbath days. So uh, God says, you can worship what day you choose as a church. You gather together, you worship that day. And by the way, Paul says, don't let anybody judge you about that. Uh, uh, it has nothing to do with salvation. It has nothing to do with a right walk with God. Uh, the Sabbaths, as a matter of fact, were a sign between God and Israel, that Israel was God's uh, earthly people, and uh, in, in, in they, they were uh, a sign for that. Uh, and so we, so we see that. We, we stick to the scripture. Matter of fact, Galatians 2.21 says, I do not frustrate the grace of God, for if righteousness come by the law, what? Then Christ is dead in vain. Amen. Uh, you want to add something to it? Then Christ died for nothing. Christ died for nothing. Uh, no, that's not the case. We don't add anything to it. Salvation by grace through faith plus nothing. Uh, Galatians or uh, verse 9 goes on to say knowing this the law is not made for righteous man we saw that but for all these uh, kinds of sins and sinners we went through that and uh, anything else that's contrary to sound doctrine uh, verse uh, end of verse 10 there so what does the law do what's it for it is to reveal our sin uh, the law actually grabs a hold of us and if we pay attention to it, it shakes us up and drops it at the feet, drops us at the feet of Christ, and says, "I'm done. Uh, I've shown you how much you need Him. You have no hope apart from Him. He He is your all, and will be in all who trust Him." And uh, that's basically what the law is is designed to do. If and uh, if it doesn't bring you there to there, you haven't understood it. Uh, you haven't realized what what God has for you. Galatians 3.11, but that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, it is evident, clear, uh, the just shall live by what? Faith. We live by faith. Faith plus what? Nothing. We live by grace through faith. Uh, that's what we live by. As, that's what we got saved by. That's what we live by. Amen. And, uh, and we don't frustrate uh, the grace of God. All this thing about, about loving God, keeping the commandments, of course, uh, that Jesus has given and, and reiterated for us from the Old Testament into the New, even calling us to go beyond what the Old Testament some, uh, sometimes called for. All that is because Jesus said, if you love me, what? Keep my commandments. It's all about relationship. It's all about a love relationship with Christ and drawing uh, closer to Him. Uh, uh, the just shall live by faith. Uh, uh, is, is what we live by. And, uh, and Galatians 3.12 says, And the law is not of faith, but the man that doeth him, doeth them, shall live in them. Now, if you look in your Bible in Galatians uh, 3.12, uh, we read, The law is not of faith, colon, but the man that doeth them shall live in them. In the middle of that sentence, the the is capitalized. That's what the King James Bible does to show the beginning of a quote. Uh, and so uh, what, what, they're, what they're showing us there is the, 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 a quote from the Old Testament which tells us 
what the law was, what, what the law was, uh, what the law required. And it's in Leviticus chapter eight, eighteen and verse Leviticus eighteen five. You shall therefore keep my statutes and my judgments, which if a man do, he shall live in them. I am the Lord. The only way you can get life out of law is doing them all. There's only one person that ever did that, and his name is Jesus. Amen. The law never says, well, you tried. God will bring some grace to you. No, the law, the law says the man that doeth them shall, the law demands perfect obedience and nothing short. Uh, the old, uh, uh, the old covenant. A covenant is agreement between two. A covenant is an agreement between two. And we read about the Old Testament covenant. What was God's side? Uh, no, uh, uh, Exodus 19.5 If you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all the people, for all the earth is mine. There's God's side. Uh, what was Israel's side, the covenant? Exodus 19, verse 8. And all the people answered together and said, All that the Lord has spoken, we will do. There's the agreement. Nothing short of it. It's all or nothing. That was the Old Testament covenant between God and between His people. You obey all my, my commands, uh, you'll, be, you'll be that, that treasured uh, nation. Those, those material blessings that they got for obeying would have continued. Uh, and they would, would have continued to see that they were God's people. But those ended, didn't they? Why? Because they disobeyed. And, uh, and uh, they didn't keep all the commandments. And so they broke that law. And so some people try to put laws on us. No, it doesn't work. We live by grace. Uh, we live by grace. If we got saved by grace through faith, we live by uh, grace through faith. Uh, and then some people go the other way. Uh, uh, because we're under grace, well, <laughs> I can do anything I want then. I'm free from the law, you know. And, uh, uh, and, uh, and, and so I'm free to do whatever I want. Of course, we know that's not true. Uh, antinomianism, if you want a doctrinal word you'd, uh, that will come up, studying that. But uh, uh, Romans 6.1, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Uh, see, they were thinking that. Well, wait a minute, we're free. We're saved eternally. Uh, we're not under the law. Well, we can just do whatever we want. Matter of fact, if we sin more, then grace will abound more. And since we're eternally saved, that'll just show that God's grace is even more gracious. Well, that's a fleshly uh, uh, track there, isn't it? The, the, the fleshly mind run on that course. Uh, by the way, when you get saved, you've already repented of your sin, amen? That means you've already come to the place where you realize your sin's wicked and you want to be delivered from it. Uh, you, you're not just, you, you, don't, you don't get saved uh, just, come, just coming for a, what's the word, for a ticket from, a deliver, for a, you know, a, a get out of free a ticket from hell. Nobody gets saved just for that, okay? If you haven't turned in your heart from your sin to Jesus Christ for salvation, you didn't get born again. And uh, no, we, we have what? Repentance toward God. We are sorry we are sinners and we have our sin has offended God. We are sorry about that. We are remorseful about that. We turn from that to what? Faith in Jesus Christ for deliverance from the penalty, practice, and one day the presence of sin. That's why we turn to God. And, uh, and so it just doesn't make sense. Uh, someone obviously doesn't have the right spirit if they want to chase down sin uh, after they're, you know, after they're uh, supposedly uh, born again. Uh, uh, 
what shall we say then Romans 7 7 is the law of sin God forbid I had not known sin by the law uh, but by the law for I had not known lust except the law had said thou shalt not covet I'm thankful uh, that the law reveals our sin you know, we, we, uh, we always pray for healing of people that have uh, diseases and struggles. And uh, the Bible talks about praying for one for another that you may be healed. And we, we pray for that and we leave, the, we leave the results to God because we know that sometimes he heals and sometimes he doesn't. Amen. And he has the sovereign uh, uh, ch- choice and right to do that. Uh, but when we pray, we want, we want what? Uh, we pray for healing and we want the test to be what? Accurate. That's what we want, and uh, uh, to show what the problem is. And uh, I'm thankful that the law is accurate, amen? It shows me what the problem is in my heart when I read it, and uh, shows me what I need to do, where I need to do business with God. And so some, uh, uh, some uh, 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 reverse it. And so question 12 in your book says, what do these verses say about the benefit of the law? Well, the law reveals sin, doesn't it? Uh, we read that, and it convicts us. And, and by the way, uh, the New Testament uh, reveals plenty of that too. <laughs> and uh, we see that for sure. Uh, God reveals that, uh, uh, that, uh, that uh, in our hearts as well. So both license, I can do whatever I want since I'm saved, and legalism, no, you must keep this rule also to be saved. Both of those are teachings that arise from a fleshly and false interpretation of the scripture. And uh, we reject uh, both of those. Uh, uh, <clears throat> so those, question 13 says in your, in your book, what does 1 Timothy 1.6 say to those who are, uh, say uh, of those who are teaching in this manner, what does it say they have done to their instruction? 1 Timothy uh, 1.6. They have what? They've turned aside to what? Vain vain jangling. Vain talk. Empty talk. And and so uh, Timothy is given a bold command. uh, uh, And uh, uh, 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 3. I besought thee to buy a still in Ephesus when I went into Macedonia. That thou mightest charge some of them. That they teach no other doctrine. Uh, that's question 14 in your book there. So he is to charge them. He is to command them. He is to order them. And some of them were his were elders, were people older than he was, no doubt. Uh, some of them probably were Jews trying to use the law, you know, have a little bit of knowledge there to try and, and, and you know, show off in their teaching and somehow you know, make that, you know, that, that, that teaching apply to the things of Christ that they were learning. And, uh, and Timothy was commanded. You need to order them. You need to charge them uh, uh, that, they teach, uh, that they teach no other doctrine. And uh, uh, what a challenge. Uh, what a challenge. <clears throat> and uh, we can see why Timothy might have been a little bit uh, 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 weary or wary of, uh, uh, of taking over. Uh, now, confronting those who teach false doctrine isn't easy. But a New Testament church must be true to its calling in the word of God. What's our calling? 1 Timothy 3.15. Uh, Paul says that, that, uh, that uh, the church is what? The pillar and ground of the truth. The pillar and ground of the truth. Jesus came to bear witness of the truth. So that is what we stick with. Now, uh, the book gives here, uh, the, 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 the outline says, uh, on target teaching, focus on the Bible, is consistent with the historic faith of the scripture, builds people up to Christ's likeness. 
Anybody see anything wrong with that? My radar went off. I do. Yeah. What's that? What's the historic faith of the scripture? Well, I looked that up because I've been I've talked with some people who brought up this this subject before. I looked that up, and uh, the, the, this first website I found was talking about the historic faith of scripture, and it was basically talking about the parts of scripture that that really even secular history uh, can't deny that Jesus came. Uh, he rose again, talked about the empty tomb and all that. And this particular uh, 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 website, uh, uh, talking about the historic faith of Scripture, actually uh, was in line with uh, what I believe about some things uh, regarding uh, uh, Calvinism and such uh, like that specifically. Uh, and it was in line with that. Uh, but yet it was what? It was men's opinions and writings about the Scripture. See that? What were the Jews doing? Looking at men's opinions and writings about the scripture. You may have a first century supposedly scholarly Christian person. You may have 1,500 of them that all believe the same thing. That doesn't mean that's what the Bible says. We have a preserved book. We are not to, well, we don't need this now because they all studied it back then, so, so we'll just follow the historic faith. Whatever they believe must be right. After all, look how many, many of them believed it. That's not why God was preserved the word for us, amen? amen? See, the fact is, you can, I can find historic uh, 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 beliefs that I believe that people, you know, people come, they comment on the scripture, and, and they're right in line with what I believe. And guess what? Somebody who doesn't believe that I, the things that I believe can go back and find people that, that, be, that wrote about the Bible, and they believe the same things that they believe. What is this, the historic faith of the scripture? It's, it's a subtle, it's a little subtle dangling to get you just a little bit away from the book. I was listening to J. Vernon McGee on the way home today and just turned it on. And he happened to be, I had just looked at this and he, and he happened to be talking about, he was talking about everybody need, you need good commentaries. And by the way, we do. We do. You know why? Because there are some people that know more about the Bible than I do. And I can learn from commentaries. And by the way, so can you. But he said, he said, but then we have to, he said, it's a vicious, but then we have to, but we can't take, we, we, it can be dangerous because we begin to take their word for it. We have to what? We have to prove what they say by the scriptures. Bingo. There it is. Right there. Some, some of the Catholics got thrilled there when I said, <laughs> bingo. Amen. Uh, the historic faith of the scriptures. Yeah. It doesn't matter what a thousand people said about it. You can read it. But you and I have to check it out. Because we have a preserved word. And after we check it out, and we've prayed, and we have read so and so and so and so, then we can say, well, as best I know in my heart, I've read what so and so says, and, and from what I see in the Bible, I don't agree with that. Or I've read what so and so says historically, and uh, I, as I read the Bible, I see that. And I think that's what it is the Bible is teaching. From my understanding, that's what we've got to do. 
That's what we got to do. If they can get us lured away, oh, well, you can't depart from what, what men historically have said about that, about, about that doctrine. I can't if it's wrong. <laughs> I can't if I read the Bible and study it and my conscience says I can't see that in the Bible. Matter of fact, I better <laughs> depart from it. Amen. And uh, I saw that. And I, it, just the hair kind of stood up on the back of my neck and I thought about the subtlety of Satan. Just one word. The historic faith of the scripture. Well, I don't, I don't have to just depend upon what historians have said about the Bible. I have the Bible. I have the word of God. I can go to it. And I can uh, use, yes, scholarly writings to help me. I do often, and I'm sure you do too. But I don't depend upon them. I'm going to check them out in the Bible. And, uh, and uh, if it makes sense to me, and as I pray and read, and, and as you do too, then we come to that conclusion, what? In our conscience. And we accept what we believe that the Bible says. Uh, and, uh, and as best we understand it and that by the way that's what God requires of us that's why he preserved this book for us that's why uh, through, you know, through all the bloodshed that, that brought it here he didn't do that so you and I could listen to just, just, be, just be content with what somebody else says about it he didn't do, he didn't do it for that and we need to be careful we, we'd be just like what the Jews were doing if, uh, if, if we just started depending upon commentaries and what they say well so and so said it so that must be it no thankfully we have uh, we have more to stand on than that and by the way we have the teacher living in our hearts don't we <laughs> we have the teacher we have the author living in our hearts I think we'll do okay if we trust him if we trust him read read don't read to to uh, to uh, to uh, condemn and reject, don't read to applaud and receive. Read to weigh and consider, and go to the Word of God prayerfully and say, God, I want to do Your will here. I want to know Your will, and you got to trust the Holy Spirit to teach you. Amen. And then we follow and we teach and we preach uh, those things which the Spirit uh, gives us and which we believe to be true in the Word of God. Heavenly Father. I thank you for your word. And, and Father, uh, I thank you that uh, your spirit enables us to be watchful. Um, the, the devil tries to slip in so subtly, just a little bit at a time, just a little move to the right, a little move to the left. And God, I thank you. I thank you for your word. Uh, Lord, that, uh, that foundation... You said that would not be washed away in the storm was the foundation of your word, not a commentary about it. And so, God, we need to stand on the word. And uh, we need to uh, be confident in our hearts that we are studying it, reading it, yes, reading about it, praying over it. But, but Lord, that our conclusion comes from our understanding an honest reception of the word of God and of prayerfully seeking your face with a desire uh, to, uh, to obey that which we learn and to believe that which you uh, reveal to us and have for us in your word. Father, I pray that you'd help us to be faithful to that. Oh, Lord, we not last as a church. We'd not be faithful unto you if we did not. So, Father, we commit that to you. I thank you for this church. Thank you for your blessings and grace upon us. 
Father, we pray and ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.